villagers, get ready. Here's Miss T with a word designed with you in mind. It's time for the show that keeps you in the know where we keep it real and true as we do what we do. We hit the roof with the truth and the floor with much more of trending news, happy highlights, interesting interviews, rising artists, and much, much more. You're listening to Talking With T. And this is Tanisha Baker bringing you the latest of the greatest as I start with a spark this last show of September as we have officially entered the fall season. It's September 26th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, Serena Williams, Olivia Newton-John, and Sean Stockman of Boys to Men. Today in history, the U.S. Postal Service was founded in 1789, and today on the calendar is National Pancake Day. You can keep up with daily birthdays and moments in history by following Talking with T on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The theme for this month has been Slay It in September, so let me remind you of what it means to slay. To slay is a popular term which is slang that can be defined as accomplishing something amazing, dominating something, or succeeding in making your presence known or to be impressive. This month, you've been encouraged to face each day with confidence and competence. Being confident is a primary ingredient for success. Tackle your tasks with fierce determination. Be motivated to slay each day by intentionally being your best. Shut down doubters and haters and sashay as you slay. Embrace your beauty and amp up your attitude and never forget to slay it each day. Let's hop into our happy highlights before we face some not-so-pleasant and frankly disturbing news later in the show. I want to first celebrate the grand opening of the new Smithsonian Museum of African American History, which opened this past weekend in Washington, D.C. It is the first national museum dedicated to African American history, and it opened Saturday with words from the country's first black president. President Barack Obama said that, We are not a burden on America or a stain on America. We are America. And that's what this museum explains. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and his wife pledged $3 billion to cure all diseases in the lifetime of their 10-month-old daughter. The money is designated to cure, prevent, or manage all disease in the next 80 years or so. Lauren Perrier out of New Jersey plans to use her couponing skills to feed 30,000 people in need. She has set a goal of delivering 30,000 meals to people who are food insecure by her 30th birthday. Now Lauren is 29 years old. She's employed as a mental health clinician, but has spent years helping to feed the hungry, which was inspired by the death of her grandmother, who instilled in her the importance of helping others. In honor of her grandmother, Lauren started an organization named For the Love of Others. She realized that by couponing, she could get a lot of food for little or no money. In fact, the story reports that she can feed up to 150 people for as little as $20. And now it's time for our Monday Minute Quick Bits. More and more athletes and others join the protest against the national anthem which seems justified in the wake of recent incidents, which we're going to talk a little bit more about during the trending news segment. Angelina Jolie falls for divorce from Brad Pitt. 
Actor Bill Nunn, who played Radio Raheem in Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, died at the age of 62 after his long battle with cancer. Multiple people were stabbed near Emerson College in Boston early Sunday morning, and also early Sunday morning in Champaign, Illinois, near the University of Illinois, was a report of a shooting and a related hit-and-run accident that left at least five people wounded and one person dead. Baltimore police report that eight people, including a three-year-old, were shot around 9 p.m. Saturday night in East Baltimore in a retaliatory attack from an incident that occurred over Labor Day weekend. Later this evening will be the much-awaited debate between Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton and her rival, Republican candidate Donald Trump. We'll give you the rundown of this debate and its impact on voters next week. Speaking of Trump, his Ohio campaign chair, Kathy Miller, said there was no racism before President Obama. She also said that Black Lives Matter movement was a, quote, stupid waste of time. She soon resigned after these statements were made public. The man who shot at George Zimmerman was convicted of attempted murder and faces 20 years in prison. I'm just going to sit this right here because I really have no words for this. A man opened fire in Macy's in the Cascade Mall located in Burlington, Washington, that left five people dead. He was on the run until Saturday night when he was arrested. There was a tragic incident in a factory located in Athens, Tennessee, where a disgruntled employee shot two people and himself this past Thursday. Another person connected to Knox County Schools is also connected to inappropriate conduct involving a minor. Dustin Dotson, who was hired by Knox County Schools in 2014 as a custodian, pled guilty to contacting three girls ages 11, 12, and 13 and requested nude photos of them on Facebook. This brings up the warning that I just can't share too often about the dangers of minors and their use of social media. The final quick bit is about a Michigan man that tortured his wife and forced her to watch as he killed her four children. The troubling thing about this story is that he was actually on parole for stabbing his first wife to death, who was pregnant at the time. He gunned down his two teenage stepchildren and then poisoned his own two younger children. This story is yet another tragic one involving extreme domestic violence. We will address this issue a little more next month, as October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Keep it where it's at. We'll be right back after you hear No Way Out by our featured artist, Jackie Hampton.
redemption sparked my identity. After realizing your heart for me, I give myself away to you relentlessly. Only you know what you mean to me. Now, welcome to Know It All, Professor Jay and our lead investigator, most often instigator, P.I. Pam, to the show as we tackle trending news. So a lot has happened this past week, and we're going to start by talking about a topic that has been discussed far too often on Talking With T. The deaths of African-American males due to what may now be described as a culture among some police that are quick on the trigger as black men become a target without hesitation or due process. Now, the first incident occurred in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when an unarmed black man was shot by a white female officer as he walked to his vehicle with his hands raised above his head. The gentleman was Terrence Crutcher, who had been experiencing car trouble. It was reported that Mr. Crutcher was shot and killed this past week after officers were responding to an unrelated call. The police first stated that Crutcher refused to put up his hands. But the video clearly shows different. Then they said he was reaching in the car, and the video clearly shows that his windows were up. So Officer Betty Shelby, which was the officer that filed the fatal shot, has been since charged with first-degree manslaughter. No matter how many times these stories surface in the news, they are still heart-wrenching and disturbing. The police department had also claimed that Mr. Crutcher died at the hospital. And it was later discovered that was not true. He died on the street in his own blood without any assistance, according to the family's lawyer. So, again, my questions are one. With so many other options to de-escalate a situation, 
or use means other than a gun, such as a taser, pepper spray, or whatnot, why is the immediate preference to shoot to kill? And my second question is, even if a crime was committed, unless someone was in imminent danger, we have a justice system that allows suspects to, you know, go to trial, be heard of court of law, and then receive a penalty of sentences based on whatever that crime is. So why is the death sentence almost immediately issued when, I would say, an African-American male is approached or suspected of doing a crime? Exactly. And it's interesting to note that in many of the reports that we've seen online, the reason why Officer Shelby was shooting was because uh, Mr. Crutcher looked like a, quote, big, bad black guy. So hmm. that's a whole other layer of craziness to this whole situation in and of itself. I mean, are we shooting simply because of how you think that somebody looks or how someone is perceived? And as you said, the video clearly shows that Mr. Crutcher was compliant with everything the officers asked him to do. Right. So, okay, you mentioned perception. So it's almost like a perception is tied to a certain characteristic, which is obviously, I think, maybe the most common definition of a stereotype. So because of these stereotypes that have been handed down possibly generation after generation, it's like it's come to a head now where people are so fearful, you know, or so hateful that their immediate response is to do harm or to eliminate, you know, this perceived threat in front of them. Right. And it seems like it's a routine after every situation. It's the same routine. Black person gets killed, social media outrage, press conference by the police department, then here comes the mayor and here comes the protests and the rallies. Then the media always, at that point, degrades the victim, bring up something in their past. They'll investigate it. They'll probably charge them. It'll go to the grand jury. No indictment, more protests, family gets a settlement, and then next murder. It's like that every right. single month. Right. So you think at some point somebody would figure out how to pull one piece out of that cycle to make it stop. So, as you mentioned, there were protests which started immediately after the incident was made public. And now I'm not sure that people are aware that 19 people have been killed by the police so far just in 2016 in Oklahoma alone. Last year it was reported that Oklahoma had 37 police killings. So, obviously, there is a serious problem there. They're ranking high in the states where these incidents occur. but. Tulsa isn't the only one with the problem right now because in Charlotte, North Carolina, police officers confronted Keith Lamont Scott as he waited in his vehicle in his apartment complex. And the police said that they recovered a loaded gun with Mr. Scott's DNA. Now, the police were at the apartment complex to serve a warrant on someone else, and that's another pattern. It's like they're never after the person that ends up getting killed. But anyway... They were there to serve a warrant on someone else when they encountered Mr. Scott waiting on the school bus to bring one of his children home from school. And they said they noticed him as he was rolling a marijuana cigarette inside his SUV. Then that is when they said they saw him hold up a gun. Now, family members insist that Mr. Scott did not have a gun. 
After pressure to release the police video footage, videos were finally released on Saturday. And although the video doesn't show everything, it appears that Mr. Scott had his hands placed by his side and was not acting in a threatening or an erratic manner. In the video, you can hear officers yelling for him to drop the gun, which I repeat, cannot be seen in his hands, which were down to his side. Still again, there was nothing that happened that would lead to a death sentence. I, I mean, even if he was smoking marijuana, that is no reason to take his life. And his wife recorded some of the incident on her cell phone and released that video Friday. In the video, you could hear sounds of gunfire as she begs the police not to shoot him. As they're yelling to drop the gun, she's saying he doesn't have a gun. She also tells them he has TBI, which is traumatic brain injury, and that he's not going to do anything. And then she tells her husband, you know, to come on and get out of the car. But quickly after that, you can hear the gunshot as she continues to record. And you can actually hear the full recording on the link found on my website. Protesters in Charlotte took to the streets, and the protests were far from peaceful. Protesters still had the memory of Jonathan Farrell, a 24-year-old black man who was shot 10 times in Charlotte. Uh, that was back in 2013. During these protests, police and civilians clashed, leaving multiple injuries and one person being shot. Forty-four people were arrested after Wednesday's protests, when reporters and police were attacked, along with cars being vandalized windows smashed, fires being set, and so on. So the governor has since declared a state of emergency due to the looting, the violence, and the mayhem of the protests in Charlotte. But after the first two nights of protests on Tuesday and Wednesday, from what I can tell and from the media reports I've read, it's been pretty calm and peaceful on Thursday and Friday. And so the National Guard is on the scene to assist. But those two incidents back-to-back, have really caused the awareness of the plight of our African-American males as they encounter police to rise in this country. And it's not just among African-Americans. I, I really know a lot of white people who are really tired of it as well because it's to the point where it is very obvious. It's no longer random or coincidence. It can no longer be masked as that. So a lot of people are really tired and, and trying to figure out when it's going to stop and what we can do to make it stop. Right. And just when we think that, you know, we can actually take a breath from the previous incidents, here we are with two equally as tragic incidents that happen with crazy circumstances surrounding each of them. So I don't know. Yeah. And and if you read the stories and you hear about the stories and then think about what it's like to lose a family member. You know, I can just imagine what these families are going through when, you know, they wake up one morning and their family's intact and then due to some random encounter with the police, they've lost a father, a son, a brother, uncle, you know, whatever. It's just, I don't, I don't know how they get past that. I don't know where they find the peace in that. And I know that there are some families who have been able to rely on their faith and use the media as a platform for awareness. But at this point, we're all aware. We know what's going on. We just want to know how to stop it because yesterday it was their father or brother, and 
tomorrow it could be mine or it could be yours. You know, it's it's a scary feeling. It really is. And the thing that I don't understand is the cops that are there, the actual good cops, why are they letting the bad cops keep doing this? In Charlotte, when you could clearly see an officer dropping the gun, there was, you know, another cop standing right there, not to mention that he's a black cop. Why would you let him, you know, frame this man that you have seen them kill for no, practically no reason? Why are the good cops standing up and saying, you know, he's a corrupt cop. We need to get him out here. Tell him the truth. Why are they sticking together even in the worst situations? I, I don't think, you know, walls are set in or I don't understand why that's happening. That could cut down on a lot of that if they just pinpoint them out. So you're right because I think maybe it's a culture or a code of conduct kind of like in the military. You know what I mean? It's like they're afraid as well. I don't know. But you, I think you hit the nail on the head. If the good cops, and I believe there are many of them, would stand up and speak out and identify the corrupt cops, it would reduce a lot of it. And there have been a few. But if you notice, those few have been criticized and lost their jobs and whatnot. And so I guess they're fearful as well. But if they would band together, I think they would actually find strength in numbers and could help reduce some of these incidents. So we're going to move on to another trending news story, and it's about these darn clown sightings. Now, these creepy clowns are reportedly threatening people and making people young and older alike afraid. Reports of these frightening clowns have sprung up all over the country, and they are, you know, there are conflicting reports around these clown sightings. While authorities state that most of the accounts are false, people continue to say they've seen them. Is it possible that multiple reports from various people in different areas are all wrong? I mean, I kind of got a feeling it's a clown somewhere. But police are starting to make arrests for those that are making false reports or threats related to the clown. But, like I said, are there some real sightings? And these reports are causing schools to go on lockdown and children to be scared, and they sure at the thought of seeing a clown. And many threats are coming through on social media. First, there were reports from Greenville, South Carolina, which I think is actually where it all started, that suspicious clowns were attempting to lure children into the woods. And let me say, there has yet to be any evidence discovered to prove this report. But since that report, there have been people in Alabama, Georgia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and most recently Kentucky that have claimed to see these scary clowns. Now, I have links to these stories on www.talkingwitht.com under today's show. But let's take Alabama, for instance. At least nine people identifying themselves as clowns have been arrested. Seven of them, including two adults and five juveniles, now face felony charges of making terrorist threats. The last report I read was the one in Kentucky where the police arrested a man dressed as a clown crouching behind some trees in a wooded area. He was charged with wearing a mask in a public place and disorderly conduct. Thus, it appears to me that many clown reports are hoaxes, while some are indeed real. Well, there was a report of a clown on this end of the world down in Mississippi, and everyone that the 
news media interview pretty much said that if a clown comes in their direction, even though it may be a clown, that clown better be able to put up a good fight because it's going down. Well, and that makes – I'm glad you said that brings up another point. What about the legitimate clowns? Like, they're done, right? They cannot even really make a living from their profession. Right. Yeah, they can't, they can't work because nobody's going to hire them, and then I think there's so many copycats out here that that's making it hard on the, you know, the actual real clowns. I mean, what's – you know, the circuses are coming in. You know, it's time for them to come into town. You know, Halloween is coming up. I mean, what are they going to do? I don't want anybody to get hurt, and they're, like, innocently wearing a clown outfit on Halloween. I don't think – I think they should just take them off the take them off the shelves because you're not going to be able to to see who's good and who's bad. There's right, going to be yeah, so I many would... crazy people just playing around in clown outfits. It's going to be crazy. Well, I hope they don't play around here in my neighborhood because we're not going. We're waiting on the clowns, and it's a shame. But I think it would be to everyone's best interest not to wear a clown costume at this time until. All of this is over with, whether it's just a hoax or whether it's real. But, you know, I can't really say that it's a hoax because people are actually seeing these clowns, if they're copycats or whatever they are. If they think it's a joke, you know, they are popping up. So, for a circus. I don't know who's going to yeah. the circus this year. <laughs> nobody. My, my grandkids won't be going. I don't think nobody's going to be going to clowns. They better chill out and go ahead and chill because they – they don't want to be popping up in the wrong neck of the woods or the hoods. Right, right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we close out today, Pam, did you have anything from the Crazy Chronicles? Yes, I do, and crazy it is. You know, we've been talking about teachers lately and, you know, all these different um, acts where they've been having relationships with students, but this is a different type of relationship that a teacher had with a student. Okay, 48-year-old Kevin Pope a Bronx, New York charter school teacher recruited a student to help him score $4,000 worth of marijuana. When he didn't get his marijuana or his $4,000 back, he caught the team slipping one day and beat the team senseless. Now, wait let me go back and, wait and tell, tell Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. And that's W-A-Y-M-E-N-T, wait a minute. Uh, I just, because I, I got to recap this story. Because sometimes in the Crazy Chronicles, and I know I am paying attention, listeners, but sometimes I get lost because it's just too crazy for me to absorb all at once, you know. And when she's saying it fast, <laughs> right. I might be missing some details. So there was a teacher, and he was trying to get one of his students to help him get $4,000 worth of weed. And then the student yeah. didn't produce the weed or the money, so he got got. And then the teacher saw the student and beat him up. Yes. Back okay. in back in June, back in June, the science mm-hmm. teacher, Kevin Pope, he was asking different students if they knew where he could get some weed. And they told him about the team who was good with, you know, getting weed from other people and he would be able to help them out. So he gave the kid $4,000 for the purchase. The team blew off the money and the transaction, and spent his money. So a few months later, shortly before school started this year, Hope found the teen about two blocks away from the school, and he demanded his money. When the student said it was gone, Pope 
allegedly socked him in the face multiple times, took his iPhone 6, gold chain wallet, contained the boy's ID and two Metro cards. At that time, he threatened to have him beat up again and have his mother sexually assaulted if he didn't get his money. What? The student needed three. Yes. <laughs> the student had to get three surgical staples to close the gashes in the back of his head because he done went upside his head. <laughs> this teacher is and straight so bugged out. <laughs> <laughs> so he was arrested this past Friday after school, so he's waiting to uh, get arraigned at the moment. He's crazy. Ugh. I don't even know if yeah. I have any words. I'm speechless, and there are very few times in life that I'm actually speechless, but, you know. Yes, uh, why would you ask your kids? I'm pretty sure you're a 48, 49-year-old grown man. I'm pretty sure you could find somebody else that might sell weed. More wait, 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 stop, stop. I totally missed the teacher's age. Okay, so he is 48 years old. Yes, he's old, 48. Old enough to be the teenager's granddaddy. Right. <laughs> By today's biological standards. Okay, all right. So if you're 48 years old, I'm pretty sure that this is not the first time that, you know, he's had to get his little herbal supply. Mm-hmm. Right. So it would seem like to me, as my grandmama would say, it seemed like to me that he would have had a list, I dare say, of suppliers without having to resort to asking his students and thus endangering his professional livelihood. And then, but wait a minute, $4,000 worth, that's like intent to resell, isn't it? Yes. I don't think that, I mean, I don't know if that was his mustache. Uh, maybe he buys stuff like he at Sam's and just buy it in quantity so it can last him a long time. But he was real bold. He was real bold off the bat, even asking the kids who they knew. Because what was to say that some kid wasn't going to go home and say, oh, you know, what's his name, Pam? Uh, Mr. Pope? Yeah, who wouldn't go home and say, oh, Mr. Pope was asking us about where we could get some weed. I can't believe that it even got as far as it did. Yeah, well, maybe his cousin Olivia Pope can help him out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you're right, Pam. That's crazy for real. That's crazy. Well, if if he's waiting on Olivia, he might be shocked. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's. That's it for this bit, and as always, I've enjoyed the two of you, and I want to thank you for coming on Talking With T as we cover trending news each week, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. All right, now. Please be reminded that you can now call in and leave your thoughts on topics or issues, and your call may be featured on an upcoming show. The call-in number is area code 865-409-1170. Again, that's 865-409-1170. Once you call, you will receive instructions on how to proceed. Let me share a few local announcements for the Knoxville, Tennessee listeners. Knoxville Opera Goes to Church is a free concert that will be held at Overcoming Believers Church at 5 p.m. on Sunday, October 2nd. Also at OBC... Ty Tribbett will be featured at the Greater Than Revival one night only on Thursday, September 29th. This event is also free to the public and doors open at 6 p.m. 
with services starting at 645. This week is acknowledged as College Application Week, and all seniors are encouraged to explore post-secondary options and get in at least one application toward furthering their education after high school. Finally, it is the homecoming week of my alma mater, Austin East Magnet High School Beat Beat Roadrunners. The parade will begin on Friday at 5 o'clock p.m. and kickoff for the game is at 7.30. Also, please make note that I am always looking to share and highlight music from rising artists. I also look forward to more submissions for T's Top Teens and Hometown Hero. As we strive to take Talking With T to the next level, your feedback is important. Please take a moment and write a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or however you tune into the show. Your reviews will help us boost the show and secure sponsors. And speaking of sponsors, if you're interested in having your product or service featured on Talking With T, we would love to help promote your business. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's impossible to highlight all that goes on in the news, but there are daily posts on all of the social media outlets to keep you informed. Remember that you can listen to Talking With T anytime on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Google Music. New shows drop each Monday, and don't forget to subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. We would really appreciate your support by liking and commenting on social media as well as writing reviews wherever the opportunity permits. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Almost every successful person begins with two beliefs. The future can be better than the present and that they have the power to make it so. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.